0: Yo, fam, welcome to Let's Go with Nick Pags. This series is intended to empower you to break through your self limiting beliefs and step into your personal power. You're the only one in your way, so if you're ready to step up and out, this is your show. Let's go. So, we have today our friend who I'm going to call Chach the whole time because it's natural for me, but her name is Taylor Fry. Yes. Taylor Fry. Tell us about yourself. Give us the quick lowdown of uh, who okay. you are, girl.
1: Cool. The lowdown is uh, my name is Taylor Fry. People call me Cha-Cha from California. Yeah. Uh, I'm all over the place. I travel for work. I work for my brother. Um, I'm a writer. I'm an actor. And I'm a
0: tarot reader. Wow. I like the terror reader thing. We're going to have to talk about that because oh, I knew you, nothing that. You didn't about
1: know that, that about me. No, we me. talked
0: about it real quick, but like, kind of just slid on past that. She's okay. like, oh, she does. Just tell her, terror reading. Okay. So we're going to – I want to learn about that a little bit. All right, cool. Um, so I met Chach at okay, – well, the first time we met was when you came to class. Yes. A while back. And then I went to a concert For the Eagles, which is one of your gigs right now, right? It is. Okay, so tell us about that.
1: So I work for the Eagles. My brother is filling in for, I mean, he's not filling in. He's playing my dad's parts um, along with Vince Gill, and I'm his road manager. So I travel around with him. I make sure everything that is, anything that has to do with Deacon goes through me. I right. make sure that he's happy. I make sure that he gets to where he needs to go on time. All these things.
0: What is the age difference? Two years. And you're I'm older I'm two years older, yeah. How old are you?
1: I am 27.
0: 27. Yeah. So that's a pretty big gig. I was thinking about that on the ride over here. I was like, she's the tour, tour manager would be? Road manager. Road manager. For a mega band that's like kind of killing it and doing... So you guys just finished... US tour? Yes. And next step?
1: Next step is we play one show in Hawaii in December Wow. and then we go to New Zealand and Australia
0: in February, March. I love it. Oh my God. Okay. So I was thinking like, wow, that's a pretty dope position to be in. Um, and something huge to take on. I'm a big advocate of like ages number. I'm not like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not old enough to do this or you're too young to do this or whatever, but that's a big, spot like to be the tour manager how does do you feel like it's an overwhelming position do you feel like it's a big gig or are you just kind of like it's natural
1: it's interesting you ask that because in some ways it does feel like a huge responsibility right. but mostly it feels like a huge responsibility because it's my brother mm-hmm. and his well-being is like really it's not resting on my shoulders that's not the right word but i feel i feel responsible for his well being, like right. there's contract that says that like if something's wrong with him, like I'm on it, um, and having that kind of like in paper or in reality, and not just in like your sister brain being like, of course I care if something goes right. wrong with my brother, like that's a huge responsibility to like really just look at and mm-hmm. deal with. Um, I worked for them before though, so the first time I went out on on tour, I was 18 years old, and I worked as an assistant in the catering department and we did Europe. And that almost, that didn't feel like more responsibility than now, but the time that I did in between that and now, I was the, I was the local cater not the local catering, the touring catering director. And my hours, when you're on the road, your hours are crazy yeah. down. You like wake up at, you get on site at like six or seven in the morning, you work all day through the show, and then when the show's over, you load out until, what, two in the morning? Yeah, And then (laughs) in some cases, that would be in Norway, and then you'd get on a bus and drive five hours to another country and wake up at 7 a.m. the next day and do the same thing.
0: So that is a perfect segue into one of the things I wanted to discuss with you today. Because one of the things in my life right now that I often get questioned about or people, uh, they're like, how do you do this? How do you do this? is my ability to go, 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 and do that crazy hour thing like Mm -hmm. you're talking about. Um, And people always go, you're 26. So like, that's why you have the energy. Just wait, it'll go. I'm very much, I challenge that greatly. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of um, people who think that it's just an age thing and because you're young, you have energy. How much, and I'll give my viewpoint on it after you do, How much do you think it has to do with passion for what you're doing and love for what you're doing that keeps you going? Or is it you're interested because you're doing something different all the time? Or is it because, I don't know.
1: I think it's a combination of a couple things. I think it's a combination of passion for what you're doing. Okay. I think it's a combination of stakes, about how high the stakes are for you. Because if your stakes are high, you're going to get things done.
0: Shit. That was hot.
1: And so I'm the youngest person that does my job. right and there's a couple people that handle each of the each of the band members. Mm-hmm. I'm the youngest person by many years. Many years. Keep it at that. And those guys <laughs> by many years. They get it done because the stakes are high. And the third thing that I think comes into it is practice and ritual. You get it in your body and you have a ritualistic like By the definition of the word religious, which means I do it over and Mm -hmm. over again with purpose, relationship to it.
0: I love the stakes are high thing. I think that I, a lot of, in my career, what I've experienced is I had to, like, I don't want to say Mm self-sabotage. And I've had this discussion before with this podcast, this idea of putting yourself in a position to feel like I either do it or I'm, like, I'm kind of screwed. Like, you have to get it done. Yeah. I think you've put yourself in a position where that gig, like, you have to you have get to up get and it do done. it. Like, what happens if you like? There's hundreds of thousands, or you know, twenty thousand, thirty thousand people at a show. Mm-hmm. That's a ton of people, and if you're not doing your part, and it's and what I really love about and why I was excited to talk to you about that gig before we move into the book stuff and the creative stuff is the idea. I think that like the backstage people don't get, and I did theater my whole life, mm-hmm. so. I remember when I like stage managed a show, Mm -hmm. it was a totally different experience because you don't get the love, you don't get the applause, you don't get the celebration. Where do you get your fire to keep going? And I know it's your brother, so I'm sure a lot of it is just, I love my brother, so I'm going to take care of him. But where do you get that fire to like, I'm just going to keep doing it and I'm going to do it right with everything I got?
1: It's that it's not, even the people who are getting the applause Mm -hmm. or it's really not, even about any one of those particular people, you have to completely take your ego out of it, right. and put a an, a purpose and an identity with the show. It's about the show happening. Right. The show has to happen, and any single person is as much a part of that show as any other person. The applause and the attention and all that stuff—that's like that's fanfare. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's that's the that's the loudest thing in the room. Right. It's like if you go on social media or whatever, the loudest voice is going to be, that's the thing you're going to be like, well, that's what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. But, it's, but it's not.
0: There's so much that goes into yeah. it on the back end. Yeah. That's what I'm, I, like, that fascinates me about that whole thing. And also, like, I sat here, just backstory, like, last time we hung out was when we were at the show. Um, and then we came back here and we hung out. And, like, the casual mindset of all you guys of just like it's our family gig it's like what we do and I really respect that about you guys because it makes like I think a lot of people think oh because you're on stage or because you're doing like big things in front of a lot of people Uh, my point in bringing this out is that no matter what level of success you're reaching no matter how many people are watching whether it's an insta famous thing or doing what you're doing or your group fitness instructor which I know a lot of the audience will be um it goes back to who you are, your core values and your foundation of like your family, your friends, who you are yeah. as a person. Right. I, I love that about you and your family and that you guys can just kind of like, yeah, shows over and like, we're hanging out like family. Yeah. Do, do you guys feel very like normal when you come home and like turn that off or do you have to turn it off? I shouldn't even say that.
1: Yeah. I think when you step out of it, it's interesting that you were here in New York because New York. I lived here for a long time, so this feels more like home for me. Ah, right. So I was okay. more relaxed here because mm-hmm. it did feel like I was like, oh, now I'm, now I'm chilling at home. I'm home. Now I'm right. home. That's right. pretty cool. But it's a lot like living in virtual reality, is how I've explained like being on tour to people. Is you're in there and you're like doing it, and I and I think because we have the benefit of it being family it's easier to slip into being comfortable and right. being like oh i'm going to leave that over here cuz i'm now i'm just now i'm home cuz i'm with my brother right, and i right. know that when i'm with my family that that means i'm at home
2: right
1: like your body remembers that so i never thought about that but that's actually a huge blessing to that maybe not other people who are out there get to experience
0: right so yeah you think about big grateful. stars and what they're doing and it's hard to, I would imagine, just like go go back to just like normalcy after being in front of tons of people or
1: oh, doing yeah. some type
0: of big gig. And, and you guys do a phenomenal job of it in the very short time that I've spent with you, just very casual. Even your mom, like the sweetest thing. And she's uh, just like, welcome into the house. Like it's so, yeah. it's very... I mean, for Deacon, regular. it's got
1: to be the biggest switch. Yeah. Just energetically, like...
0: Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I experience that on the smallest scale. I mean, I go into a room or I go to speak and I'll do it in front of 100 people or 30 people and like I'm all in, energized, which I imagine to some extent he has to be performing Uh like that. And then you step off and you're like, "Mm," and like everything shuts down. Um, That high energy, low energy thing, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, no, because that's when I'm with him, at least, I think for a little while after you do it, you're just kind of still you're burning it off. You got to burn it off.
0: Absolutely. Like,
1: so he's kind of high energy for a little while.
0: And then he just.
1: And then it'll, and then out. it kind f- of fades down. Fades yeah. down.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I really want to know about your book. I had no idea you were writing a book. Maggie oh, told me on the gosh. way here. So pumped to hear about it. Fill me in, please. Okay.
1: So I'm writing a book. It comes out next year. Um, it's called Two Trains Leave Paris. Okay. It is a book that is disguised as a math textbook that's what I'll say about it so when you look at it it's gonna look (laughs) like it looks like a math textbook
0: physically like 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 it's it's a
1: it's a math book okay but it delves into the emotional lives of all the characters in the word problems and it sort of takes a lot of classic math problems and adds emotion feeling and personal experience to them to just kind of see what happens and I started writing it with my sketch comedy partner, Mike Weselowski. We worked together for like almost eight years now.
2: Okay.
1: And uh, I was, I'm, wait, I'm a horrible, horrible math student. I'm not, I'm not good There's at math. Li-
0: okay, maybe I'm a dum dumb. There's literally math in the book. There's, like it's actually a math
1: book. No, the book is full of math. <laughs> it's I love almost this. An, it's Yeah. So chapter one is algebra, chapter two is geometry, chapter three is trigonometry. It's it's math. What? So what we wanted to—he's a math guy. He's a math tutor. He teaches SAT math, and we'd worked together for years before we ever um, were like, wait, we have this huge fundamental difference in our personality, which is that you love math, and if you talk to me about math, like I physically have a response where I want to vomit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are so on the vomit. same page with that. Yes, it's, so, okay, it's
1: a real thing for a lot of people. Yeah. You say that, and they're like, math, "Totally!" Like, like no. don't even show me for that math. Right. Um, and after my dad passed away, we started doing this these math problems. He started making math problems for me to solve and try to like make them funny, and and I would like be all snide and snarky and say snarky stuff back. And eventually, we just like st- fell into writing
0: this book. So the book is. Math problems. Yep. And it is the... I'm I'm still confused. It's the emotion that you feel when you're doing the math problem? Or there's characters in like a fictional...
1: There's like characters in a fictional
0: world. Okay. And they...
1: So it'd be like, you know, Jane and Sonny are flipping a coin to find out. I see. Right? And then... I see. It's like, well, why?
0: I love this. Okay, so what's the point of the book? Like, what is... My goal, as I wrote it,
1: my goal as I, as we were writing it is to show that your emotions and your creativity and the way you feel about things is not separate from math and logic and things that we think about as really linear, that those things can coexist and coexist in a way that's actually like really fun and unexpected. Right. And I wrote it in hopes that people who really struggled in math, like me, even if they don't read it and get better at math, that they read it and feel relieved or like just a little bit less heavy and afraid of it.
0: That is really interesting. So you're actually looking to not necessarily help people with math, but help people's mentality on taking on yes. math as a, as on a whole. On taking
1: on math. And which is, for some people, like, for me, it was about taking on fear.
0: Right.
1: Like, about things that I said, like, you don't know how to do that.
0: That was my next question. There's got to be something deeper than, yeah. like, math problems. Like, there's something behind totally. you writing this. Go. Please. Because...
1: For me, I told myself, you're bad at math. Mm -hmm. And you know those people that'll say like, oh my gosh, don't even talk to me. I, I, I literally don't know math. I literally can't even do math. Right. And at what point are you just saying, are you telling yourself that you don't know how to do math?
0: I hope everybody is listening to this part. This is big. There are so many areas of life, certainly in our age bracket, right? We're millennials, whatever. In this age of young professionals, where I think that people just get really scared of things that they've said they're scared of Mm. like i can't do this because i said i can't do this not because there's anything backing that what you failed once great i had a conversation with a guy a very successful guy in his space right now he's a restaurant owner um, and kind of in the fitness space brilliant guy it was my first time speaking with him today and um we talked kind of deeply about that idea of just like you are what you tell yourself and you aren't like, if you say you're not, you're not. If you say you are, you are to some extent. I really believe that you can kind of push things into your life. Um, That's a really interesting way to go about making that point. Mm -hmm. Math problems. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to reading that. I also wonder when it comes to your life in the spaces that you're in right now, is there some of that book that's showing in your life now that you're writing it and you're taking on this fear to some extent?
1: 100%. Absolutely. So many. Fitness. Working out. Told myself I would never be able to work out. Told myself I was like, that's not me. I just don't. I just can't do that. Maybe yoga. Mm
0: -hmm. That's
1: what I would tell myself. And And you're doing it. Every day. Every day? Every day. Almost every day. What do you do? Anything I want and everything. I try all different stuff. Some days I do strength training. Some days I go do CrossFit. Some days I do yoga. Some days I do Pilates. Some days I just dance in my apartment for like two and a half hours if I
0: want to. What was the step that made that shift where it was like, I'm going to just go work out. I'm going to try it. I quit smoking. So that was the trigger. Yeah. When did you do that? Almost two years ago quit smoking almost two years ago and one day just woke like the day after type thing or it was like, I feel better and now let me start to really go into this healthy. Maybe
1: day. maybe like a, maybe a month after.
0: Mm-hmm. What made you quit smoking?
1: I can't remember.
0: <laughs> I've been I trying was so, to remember. Yo, you're so deep. I was ready for like, there was this one moment. Yeah, I was,
1: <laughs> I was sitting on a beach and looking at the moon. No, <laughs> I was, like, I, was um, I cannot remember. Okay. I think that um Love it. I I've been trying to remember what it was that made me be like I'm going to quit smoking, but one day I just woke up and I was like
0: Honestly, who I gives a shit? You did it. Doesn't
1: matter any. Doesn't matter why.
0: Yeah. That's so cool.
1: But I did. I quit smoking and I haven't touched a cigarette since.
0: Love it. Any but, urge to? Not to go so indeed. Yeah, in the,
1: I do. Yeah. I do have urges too, but I and if it didn't kill me, it'd smoke every day.
0: Right.
1: But it kills you.
2: Right.
1: And I did, um, the, one of the things that helped me quit is I did hypnosis. And one of the things that he said that really stuck out to me that I remember is you wouldn't give your kid a gun and let them go play in the street and be like, well, it probably won't right, right, go right. off.
2: Right, right, right.
1: No, you don't give your kid a gun. Right. It's f- 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 fucking dumb. Stupid. Yeah. Oh, but I, I do like to not use the word stupid and dumb because I think being dumb and being stupid is gets a really bad rap. Okay. I think that you can be really good at being dumb and stupid. And I think that um, elaborate. Like I think that a good like, a good idiot is somebody who can go into a room and know absolutely nothing about what's going on. Like, let's say I've never taken a workout class in my Mm -hmm. life. I I don't know anything about fitness. I don't know anything about taking care of my body. And I just walk into a workout class. I'm, if you're a good idiot, you're going to find out things about working out and fitness that nobody else will see. Right. Because they all know a bunch about it.
0: It's very interesting.
1: So you can be, you know, being an idiot or like, it's like court gestures, right? Fools were like, it's like an important position in Shakespeare. It's an important role.
0: I love that. That's a wacky way to look at you it. You have
1: like a really fun opportunity to like right. see things all new.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, because you're kind like, of yeah, like... yeah, Mr.
1: The, Magoo, Mr. Bean, you
0: know? There you go, Mr. Bean. Good. I like that. I'm going to think about that one before I go and make my comments on it because I really like it.
1: It's a fun one to sit with for a while.
0: Yeah, you just bring fresh ideas to spaces when you're kind of the doofus who doesn't know anything. Yeah,
1: a woman named, I think her name is Emily Levine, uh, mentioned something about that in a a TED Talk that I I watched a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And it really stuck with me.
0: Yeah, I think I go into a lot of situations in my life where I'm like clueless and don't really know anything. And even this, we're walking over here. And I was like asking maggie like you know what are some things me and tay should talk about and then she was talking i was like i also really love to go into these situations i said that i was like i'd like to go into these situations blind because it's more number one more authentic i think in this experience but also just like you question with more authority meaning like i literally have no idea about certain areas most areas of your life mm-hmm. let me question with authority like i'm stupid in this situation or mm-hmm. dumb whatever but i'm going to now learn because yeah. i'm open to that
1: because you're open stupidity yeah
0: or cluelessness or whatever
1: right and you're not afraid of failure if you don't know like if you haven't tasted the success of that moment you're not afraid of being like well oh, i don't want to have the failure because i'm afraid the success is going to go away Absolutely. you're playing you need to, to play
0: you said something with the smoking thing um, where you added, and it's interesting, maybe that's where like you started the fire. When did you say you started writing the book?
1: Uh, or like started oh my the idea? gosh.
0: 2016. Yeah. So it's really, it definitely is overflowing. So right around smoking time, very interesting. You said you connected like emotion and logic, which is what you said kind of like is where the book is created with the whole smoking thing. The logic is, yo, stupid, this kills you. Yeah. It's literally killing you. But there's so much of an emotional factor that goes into the smoking or addiction in any way type thing Um, that I thought was cool. I was like, oh, I'm seeing a trend in her life right now Uh (laughs) that it's like, yeah, you're connecting the logic of this is stupid. Don't do this anymore. Um, And like the emotion of having to let go of something that you're so attached to. Right. Did you use, you think, did you use fitness as like, okay, I was attached to. Smoking in a way, and this is just interesting in my field and what I'm doing, and I love like behavioral change and all that stuff. Did you use fitness as a way to kind of get yourself away from the smoking? Yes. How so?
1: I, first of all, I'm a, what I think is the positive version of a sensationalist. Mm-hmm. I like sensation, things that I can feel, right. things that I can touch. That's why I like smoking. <sighs> right. I could feel it. So I just was like, all right, what else is sensational?
0: That's good for you.
1: That's good for me that I can be religious about. Yeah. And it ended up being fitness.
0: There's so many times where people want to go get a quick workout. They want to go to the cutest class. They want to get a trainer because they think it's the right thing to do. And it comes down to like mindset change. And that, in a way, was your mindset change. Like, I had something that I needed to feel and I knew that like you recognize that you studied that honestly it all comes down to always like every conversation comes down to this self-awareness self-assessment like you knew enough like you thought about enough of who is cha-cha I know I'm a person who likes touch sensation feel I need to feel it like the, the of smoking I need that so what else can I replace you would have never thought of that had you not self-assessed in a lot of ways. That's true. I admire that. That's cool. I've, I'm. That's something I'm proud of with myself. I'm very self-aware. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I'll, do you find yourself to be that type of person? Like, super self-aware? Do you take time to yourself? I don't know, med- people call it meditating, prayer. I do. Time. What do you do for that?
1: Um, I do meditate. Not, sure. like, super regularly. Like, right. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yep, yeah, I'm on that, like, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night yeah. scene. But I also, I use fitness as a way to be self-aware now. Um, I do a lot of writing, and I do tarot, which I think helps me with my self-awareness. Okay, here
0: we are. Tarot time. I am clueless. Give me the 101. What the heck is tarot? Like, I've done tarot card reading, like, uh-huh. I think once, but I st- they just put out a bunch of cards, and I'm like, here's what your future's going to look like, and I thought it was BS. Sorry.
1: I'm not Tell super... Me big on it being about future prediction. I am not against it being about future prediction, and I don't think that that doesn't happen. That, that you can't get a tarot reading and someone can say, this is what's gonna happen to you, and then that thing happens. I think that's totally possible. But I think that that's a limited view of what it's capable of doing. Um, first, the, for me, the first thing tarot is, is it's pictures. Okay. And there's so many things that you can learn about yourself by, wa- by looking at an image. What, I learned a lot of this from Mary Greer. Where do I see myself in this image? What is the attitude of the, fi- the figures in this image? Uh, what are they doing? What happened before this picture? What's happening after this picture? All of those things are reflections of how you're seeing... Your life and your world and the world around you, and all of that is a way to self reflect.
0: Is this specific to tarot cards or pictures in general?
1: I think it's specific. I think it's pictures in general.
0: Right. Because that's, I guess, what people kind of do with art in a way. Totally. Okay.
1: And I, I like to remind remind myself that it is art that you're looking at mm-hmm. pieces of that you're looking at pieces of art, and like, why the fuck shouldn't that be a totally spiritual, magical, amazing thing, right. especially if it's a series of you know, 78 cards, 22 that's sort of like fallen through time and it collected all of this cool information and projections from people for hundreds and hundreds of years right. that then you get to be a part of. Like That's totally powerful and spiritual and amazing.
0: So I guess, and I'll admit it, I thought it was BS because my imagination said somebody puts a card down, they have preconceived notions or the tarot card reader mm-hmm. uh-huh. tells you, like, this is what this card stands for. This is going to happen to you. Or this is, like, the type of person you are. And I thought they were all very general. So uh-huh. if you gave me and 70 other people that card that day, you're going to tell them the same thing. And somehow it correlates mm. in a way. That's where my head went. Right. Which I think is, like, palm reading and all that. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is kind of baloney. But
1: So it felt not, not personal?
0: To some extent. But then, you know, there's always, like, that freaky thing where, like, they say something and you're like, whoa. That you know was know weird. That? Like, how did you know that? But I do think that there's, like, kind of a line that I'm sure if you do anything enough, you can kind of convince people that you're a killer at it, right? Mm So if I do enough sessions, I can go through a session and convince someone that this is the right workout for them because I will make them do things and then tell them why it seems to work that way. And Mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's, this is the best workout ever for me Mm -hmm. when that might be bullshit. Mm -hmm. Not that I've done that, thank God. But I'm sure that that is possible because I'm a professional in my field and I understand how to like manipulate certain things. And again, kind of not tricking people's mind, but making you believe certain things to follow a path. That's what I kind of thought it was. What you said was the pictures, are you kind of seeing yourself in them in a lot of ways? That's very interesting.
1: Well, because it's not a trick. Right. you know, because I think some people sit down for a tarot card, and they're like, they're they ready say, to trick me. Show me a trick. Yeah, 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 And they're also don't trick me, but show me a trick.
0: Right. I think that there's there's a little bit of tarot cardness, just like all over the place. I love that idea of like you could see yourself in any picture. A lot of what I was talking about the past few days, and again with this guy this afternoon, was the idea of, uh, in specifically in the fitness space, training with empathy, mm. like everything you do in a training space should be done with empathy because I need to put myself in your shoes a lot of ways. There's a lot of that, it sounds like, that's involved in that type of thing, the tarot reading, like empathetic mindset. I have to kind of, like, you could you could do that in all areas of life. I could walk into a room, judge the room, and see myself in this space, in this area around people, not to get, like, too voodoo with it all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a little bit of like terror in life, I think, the terror card reading. Like see yourself in everybody's space, empathetic mindset yeah. just to relate it to what I'm doing. How do you, just go, again, I'm just interested. How does it start? Like do you tell somebody what you see? Do they say something to you?
1: If I'm doing a reading? For someone. It depends. If you came, some people sit down and they just say, I don't really... Just show me whatever.
2: Okay.
1: And then, yeah, you pull your cards and you're like, all right, I see A, B, and C. I see that these are strengths. I see that these are challenges. I see that maybe you're coming from a situation or a position that might have felt a little bit like this. Uh, and then I'm, I believe in like talking to the person that's the sitter. Mm-hmm. Do you relate to any of this? No, I don't. All right, cool. The, what do you see here? If you were a person in this picture, which person are you?
2: Right.
1: Because it's not just, it's not a show. It's a, if the person wants to feel involved, like you were saying you sat and you were like, you could have said this to anybody.
0: Right.
1: And that's part of that. It's a show.
0: It's almost like a therapy, like a counseling session. There
1: is, there's counsel, there's, I, I think that there are counseling elements to it.
0: Because if you have a picture of a guy holding something and a guy helping the guy hold something and you say you're the guy helping to hold something, that tells me something about you as you're not the guy who wants to be the head honcho. You're not the most powerful in the room. You don't see yourself in that way at least. Like you can learn something about somebody from that, Exactly,
1: And then you can go into, and then in the reading you can say like, now what happens if you, what happens if you're the other guy? How do you feel if you're that other guy? The person, oh, I never thought about it like that. Right. And then that person's brain is firing and doing cool shit and changing, and that's why somebody came to be like, I want to get a tarot card reading. They weren't like, I want to get a tarot card reading because I want everything to stay exactly the same and it's fine.
0: And because I'm not interested and about. Because I'm the not life interested. Who I am, right? Yeah. That's why you went there in yeah. the first place. That's really interesting. Can we do that one day?
1: Yeah, do whatever you want.
0: Let's go. Yeah. Maggie's going to do it, too. Um, So to shift gears a little bit, I want to discuss just being, because this is more of my audience, I know um, is kind of people who are Uh success-driven, people who want to take it to the next level, people who want to take it to any level because they don't have any... The reason why I reached out to you to do the podcast is because I think you got some kick-ass spunk. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I think that you're just, there's a lot of people our age, so there's this whole thing about millennials and wanting to leave a legacy and that we're lazy and I really believe that there's this like weird shift that went, not weird shift, it's just a shift of times. My grandparents, our grandparents' age, where um, they kind of worked really hard, just like got a trade or if they went to college great and then they went and they worked and they did their job and they made their money and they supported their family and that was kind of it nobody was like it was very rare that it was like i want to leave a legacy it was just like everybody's like working and hustling then there was a shift to our parents age where if you could get into school education was always the answer you know the more i've studied the generational thing like our parents were all about if you could go to school do it If you had a trade, beautiful, jump into it, do it, and just, like, get solidified because jobs are getting harder to find and blah, blah, blah. And then it came to millennials, where we were the age that grew up as, like, you can do anything. You can be an astronaut. You can be a doctor. You're a superstar, as long as you believe it. Um, And what it did was, like, these, the, you know, 10th place trophy thing. Everybody gets a participation award. Mm -hmm. It created a kind of soft group of people. Hmm. Which is why I think someone like you and someone like me, and I I don't even like to use the word successful because the second I say that, I feel like I'm gonna go complacent mode Mm -hmm. and I'm not even close to that space. We're just shaking and baking, we're doing stuff. You're writing a friggin' book, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. You're the tour manager for the Eagles, that's amazing. You're doing tarot card reading, which I think is so awesome that you like stepped into a realm that's kind of a different realm from like the regular routine. You're doing creative, certainly as a creative, it's huge, but you're doing things. Mm -hmm. And I love that. There's a lot of people our age, I think, that just like, if it doesn't come like real fast, they stop. Right. I wanted to ask you and see if you can elaborate on that idea of like, why is it maybe that that happens to our age group. I know it is. I certainly, I feel like it's our generational thing. Like our parents kind of powdered our ass a little bit uh-huh. and we expected, like I, I win either way. Like I get a trophy either way. You know, like that's kind of ingrained in our system. But also just like the the fake bullshit of like, you're you're going to be great. You're going to be great. You're not going to be great if you suck. You're also not going to be great if you don't work hard. Uh-huh. You're doing stuff. Like stuff, you just have a lot of stuff going on. Why are you a, a doer? What made you a doer?
1: Hmm, that's interesting. I have a lot of thoughts on what you said. Go, baby, hit me. So, with it. I think that millennials being uh, seen and perceived as uh, lazy, things of this nature, that's layered in a lot of in a lot of ways. I think that for a lot of people, it's true you are you're a winner no matter what you've been padded you've been coddled now a b and c but i'm somebody with my upbringing and my demographic and everything that was handed to me on a silver platter that should be true all that should be true for me and in a lot of ways i feel like that's that is true like i wake up some days and i'm like i'm totally coddled i'm a failure i don't do anything and but you're sitting across from me saying that's that's not true right so first of all like perception feels you know it's about about perception um and also if we don't get it the thing about if we don't get it like this then we give up right well all of the stuff human progress right our parents generation was like i love i love all this stuff we got let's figure out how to make it so that i can get it faster Mm -hmm. and then we grew up on all that stuff our little tiny brains stuff in our brain which is just an organ you know it's just an. Your brain is an organ in your mm-hmm. body that then like links on to this thing. Oh, I got it! I'm gonna get it fast! 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 Scroll through, scroll through, scroll through, swipe, swipe, click, 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 and I think that some of that is our fault. But you can't like spend your days saying like, "Got him." I'm just. I just. I'm. A, I'm a failure. I'm never. I'm. I'm. I'm never going to be able to like work hard or have real work ethic. I just need everything now. Right. Because you have to forgive yourself and forgive. Remember that your brain is an organ and that it and that it does that. That was big
0: for me. We've been raised that way. Yeah. We're in a society of immediate gratification. Exactly. We get pissed off if our seamless does not get here in under thirty minutes.
1: Exactly, and saying that that's the fault of a millennial generation and making it a personal framing it in that way that it's like, it's personal to you that you don't want to get up and work. Like that almost keeps, that takes part of your power away to change it. Right. To be like, no, that's my brain doing that. Mm -hmm. And I, and my brain works for me. Right. So I'm just going to start playing with that and seeing what happens. So I think what makes me a doer is remembering that.
2: Yeah.
1: Remembering that my brain is a part of me. And sometimes my brain does stuff that's not my fault. Right. Right. And I can change it. Right. I might not change it right away, but over time I can change it. You know, the workouts yeah, I did today. Yeah, a product of like what you yeah. think and
0: who you are and that takes time to build. And when you've been pushed ideas into your brain, I mean, you can, it's how freaking torture works. You put someone in a room and you tell them something enough, they go crazy and they yeah. think that you're right or whatever. Right. To some extent, I think that that, the idea of, like, the millennials are lazy. I really struggle with that idea. I think a lot of us have gotten lazy because of this immediate gratification society. Right. So you need to recognize certain areas. Like, get your shit up and go to work and do it. Like, it drives me crazy when, like, I got a buddy in the industry who's been training for seven months.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like, yo, I'm like I'm only making 65 $75 an hour. I'm like, yo, I train people. I paid to train people mm-hmm. for a year. Mm-hmm. and they would come to my parents house and we would lift cinder blocks and flip tires and i would buy them lunch mm-hmm. saying thank you for coming and letting me train you. Mm-hmm. Now i can charge up the ass for sessions because i'm a high quality trainer and i put the time in and i've earned that status of working with high end clientele and what my product has built immensely.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But dude, i did this since i was 17. I'm 27. I'm 26. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it 9 years. And since I left school, I've been doing it diligently for 18 hour days. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So like you want to add up hour and time and commitment. I acted like our grandparents in terms of work ethic, Mm -hmm. but I also desire stuff to come fast. So it's weird. Like that's the other thing I'm all about like. I want it. I'm going to hustle for it cuz I want it quick cuz I'm a hustler and I want to see that whatever it is that I'm going after. Mm-hmm. But I also understand process. Like I I'm I have this thing that I've been talking about lately like this idea of praising the process. I I I think people love the product. They're like, "Oh, the being the doctor, being the lawyer, being the top fitness instructor in New York City. That's really a pretty shiny thing up there."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not necessarily about that. I like all, like, that doesn't give me anything. It's all the shit that happens in between mm-hmm. that builds Nick and who he is, and what he does. And then when I do become that, if that's the end goal, then I'm standing on this, like, pedestal of, like, all these experiences, all the things I went through. Because I'm a doer. Because mm-hmm. I just did, did, did. I just don't think that a lot of people... I I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it is that will light a bit of a fire under our generation's ass Uh uh-huh consistently it's cool all of us are like motivated for a hot second
1: i'll get super morbid for a second but it's the truth the thing that should light the fire under your ass every day you wake up is that you're gonna die and you know what how much of a percent chance (laughs) there is that that's gonna happen one hundred percent
0: right true
1: hundred percent yeah so if you're talking about product, your process is your product. Right. right now is both together at the same time. They're not separate. They're right. the exact same thing. What, your, your product is, well, I'm going to be a successful lawyer and be a successful businessman, be a successful actor, whatever it right. is. And then what? What is it that once you get there, what is the thing? Because that's right, that's right now. Right. You wake up and say, thank you. Right. For letting me be alive today.
0: Right. I just think that there's not enough of that mentality. Like, no. there is no process, not no, there's very little process-driven focus and energy.
1: No, and putting your entire identity and your sense of meaning into the internet, which doesn't look like it's going to die, right. is not going to make it different. hmm Leaving your body and trying to be somewhere else, it's not going to make it different. It's so, the truth.
0: So I agree. I also, you know, like I'm obsessed. I don't know. My phone's recording. I love the, inter, the the shit that the internet has done for us. Now, for me, my goal, I don't have, I'm not a goal guy. I really am passionate about reaching people today, mm-hmm. tomorrow, and the next day. I really want to help people go like that's the name of the podcast mm-hmm. let's go like i need that fire under people's butt because i think human beings are capable of ungodly things just insane stuff and 99 percent of them go to their grave with that shit because they're scared to do mm-hmm. which is why i'm so adamant about this idea like we need to hustle we well, need to go
1: that's right because people are more afraid of living their life than they are of dying
0: which like, what the frig? Why? Like, I yeah. don't get, I'm like, dude, to literally look at me for a second. Tomorrow might not exist. I mean, you've, you said it, you've dealt with loss in your life with your dad. You've seen it. I've dealt with loss in my life. Not to a crazy, I mean, my grandparents passed away. I have people in my family that passed away, like stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know if it's like what made that click for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, did that, is it? Like your, the experience with your dad that made that mentality click for you. Because for, for you to say that is unlike most people in our generation. The idea of you're going to fucking die. Like yeah. I say that to people all the time. And they're like, okay, chill, dude. Like,
1: yeah. Because like, no, it, it freaks people out. People, in our culture, people don't want to talk about death.
0: Right. It, which blows my mind. It's not a soft, like it, sh- it shouldn't be and a touchy subject. It, no,
1: no. Death should not be a touchy subject at all. It's... And is it a sensitive subject? Should you be feeling a lot of things when you think about it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Where is there a stop between... There's this level of, like, go do stuff you want to do because you're going to die tomorrow. But, like, then people are like, well, I want to skydive and I want to, like, you know, whatever, open up a business and I want to do this. Where is there a line between reality in that mentality and kind of like like you can't just go every day and go travel the world and jump out planes and start businesses and whatever because it's just unrealistic like you have to live uh-huh. you know you got to make a living or you got to work or whatever to me the answer to that because that was a very confusing question is I make my life surround I surround my life around what I love mm-hmm. so people have been telling me, Nick, you're going to burn out since I was 17. You're going to burn out. You can't go this fast. Mm -hmm. You can't do this a hundred miles an hour. I still get told that every day. And I'm like, this is life. Mm -hmm. How do you burn out of life? That just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I love what I'm doing. I'm excited about waking up every day and meeting up with Maggie and talking about the next project that we're going to go to and then coming here and then going and training someone and them leaving saying, wow, you just fired up my mentality. Like I'm ready to take on this day and then go teaching a class and 36 people are excited and motivated to go leave the room. Like I struggle when people tell me, dude, listen, you're going to burn out. Like, no, I'm not. I'm fired the fuck up.
1: Well, it doesn't have anything to do with you. If somebody tells you you're going to burn out. Right. That has everything to do with how they how they feel about right. something that has nothing to do with you, um, because it, it, everyone's gonna burn out, like if you think about it in terms of like science, right, and we're all literally like burning out no. we're all energy light particles that are literally burning out that's tr- so yeah you're right, we are I'm burning out, you're burning out, we're Every all day burning out, dude in pieces. yeah, and for you, life is. Life is high energy. Mm-hmm. You're, you are a guy who lives with a lot of high energy. And that's a beautiful thing. And you should live that to the fullest expression of yourself. For somebody else, like their last, like it, for me, I love coffee. I love, de- even if it's decaf, I love coffee. But then it's like, okay, I'm going to drink this coffee 100%. Like it's, you know, like it's the most amazing thing in the world. What about, what about the texture What about the way that it feels in my mouth? You can sit and have a full, full experience of your life without it, you know.
0: So you're saying it's more... So this is interesting. I'm learning something right now. I love learning. I often put it into energy. Like, that's how I think of burnout. Like, if you go high energy, you will burn out. It's not that. It's more just, like, high experience. Like, my experience is always high energy because it's my... Work. Uh-huh. Your experience in the moment of drinking coffee is not high energy, but you're all in on that. Like, just yeah. go all in on what you're doing is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. I like that. I think
1: so. And you can be all in on, you know, things in all sorts of ways. And I think someone can look at you and be like, wow, like Nick Pags, you're on all the time, 24-7. You're always on, always high energy. But you're a part of the universe, so that's actually not true. It's just that they it doesn't look like that on your on your frame on your reality. Like mm-hmm. there are times where you're not, you know, operating on high frequencies because you live in balance like everybody, but your form of balance looks different than someone else's form of balance. I like comparison is fucking a trap,
0: dude. Look at her looking at me. She's comparison so funny. Comparison is a trap. Comparison is a thief of joy. It is a
1: trap and comparison will not it, it sometimes here's the thing about comparison. Comparison can Help trick you into getting motivated at the beginning, but the second you start, you start remembering. You're like, wait a second, that's like making me feel bad. You like switch it up because it's it is. It's the thief of joy. Yeah, and it's it's about being on a team. You know, it's like if I'm next, let's say I'm next to Maggie in workout class. And I'm looking at Maggie and I'm like, wow, she's so, so much stronger than me. So much this, so much that. There's a step one is that I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to get motivated and I'm going to go harder so that I can get strong like that.
2: Right.
1: But when is that about me just comparing, like, comparing myself to Maggie and feeling bad about myself and being like negative towards myself so that I can be positive about Maggie? That's, that's the thing that's moving my body. Because then it's a part of my... That's my negativity moving my body. And my body remembers that. Right. Instead of being like, wow, thank God Maggie's here. Thank God I get to be here with Maggie. So I get to see somebody's strong, beautiful body here with me. What a beautiful moment to be a part of. Right. I'm going to enjoy this moment in my body and enjoy a feeling of love that i'm having for Maggie even if Maggie's a stranger. Right, right, right. Stranger. Feel it's love crazy. for a stranger. Don't I'm be afraid. I'm telling you right
0: now somebody's watching this and being like that's a ridiculous like that's crazy. Because when you say it like that like oh i'm i'm so thankful to watch this creature in front of me this person hustling and grinding and they are so much like they have it all going on like mm-hmm. they're fit and killing it and strong and instead of being like, and I can't wait to be like them, or I'm gonna work hard to be like no. them, how about appreciating them, saying that's awesome, just that experience, that moment? It's not about saying, I wanna be like that. No. I wanna, I certainly think you can utilize other people to get motivated. I did it, that's how I started my like fire and passion was watching my favorite motivational speaker talk about his experience. But what happened was, and this is interesting, and it goes back to where you were. There was a point where he was discussing, Eric Thomas, he's like my hero in life. He talked about eating out of trash cans, living in abandoned buildings. I hit a wall of being able to relate with him. Mm-hmm. Like I lost it. I couldn't, I couldn't feel anymore because like the, it, I was trying to compare myself to that and then it belittled me because I didn't deserve to have success because I didn't eat out of trash cans. Exactly. And it's just not true Like I, I mean, I don't know fully your background, but I came from a really good place. I, my parents had money. I was in a good spot. I felt, and I think what happens is to some extent we end up self-sabotaging a little bit or putting challenge on ourselves, not in an unhealthy way all the time, but sometimes like a part of what working out does for me is it's the mediator of the world for me no matter how much money you got, no matter how much success you got, no matter how many times you've been around the block, the second you and I get on a treadmill, we're both just humans trying to hustle and stay on.
2: Mm.
0: And for me, exercise was the thing in my life that reminded me that like the biggest, most successful businessman on the planet could be standing on that treadmill and we're just humans trying to hustle and stay on. Mm. Um. And it, and it I lost comparison. But then you can get into comparison of he's more fit than I am, so I'm, like, in that room at that moment, ego-driven. Right,
1: because then it's like, are you trying to find a neutral ground where your comparison is right? Right, that's right. Cr- that's tricky.
0: And I d- And that, I think, before I even started studying that mindset, I was never there. I really just, like, as a teenager, absolutely. Who's got bigger muscles? Who's lifting heavier weight? That's all about the gym setting. But then there was a shift of, like, I just love the energy that exercise created. I love that I, I met with somebody super successful the other day and I say super successful because of her position in a big business. Um, but I think successful is kind of a very broad uh, and subjective term. But nonetheless, she walked into the space and her husband, very successful guy as well. I had no idea who either of them were He had taken my class all the time, and I had even taken class in there while he was in there. I love the fact that I had no idea who they were, whether they were successful or not in life, whether they were going through something emotional or not, whether they're close with their family. Like, I know nothing about them, and in that room, we were teammates in a way because there was no comparison. It was just like we're both on the treadmill hustling, man. Mm-hmm. Like we're just humans going back to the basics of taking care of ourselves. I love that. I think that comparison fucks us up. I really think it does. And I think that if, you, if there's one nugget of value in this time that we've had together today, one huge nugget is go one day without comparing yourself to anybody's shit.
1: Yeah, or just watch when you're doing it.
0: Right. Challenge yourself, or or just challenge yourself when it happens. Yeah. Because I think it's almost impossible to, like, never compare yourself. But even if you did an hour Uh walking the streets of New York or going to a class, forget going to a class, you won't be able to do it. But Mm -hmm. just, like, in your space at work, challenge yourself for an hour of time. Every time you sense a level of comparison, check yourself. Mm -hmm. And see if you could bring it back to just, like, humans being humans doing your thing and it's you you versus you like yeah. stop worrying about him her, this that the other thing like you versus you that's kind of how my whole method of training and teaching has come about i'm all about this like you versus you, you thing. versus
1: you that's yeah. interesting it's like almost like the inverse of what i was thinking which is that like abs you and literally absolutely everybody you see is on a team
0: it's different or actually completely opposite, but a lot of the same.
1: Yeah. It's like a, the other side of the coin in some ways.
0: It's like you versus you and everybody's doing you versus you together. Yeah. Does that of, make sense? Yeah. So like, I'm not fighting you. You're actually helping me grow and fighting myself. Right. Not fighting, just helping myself grow. I'm constantly right. growing. And Maggie has been a blessing in my life because she constantly challenges me to challenge me mm-hmm. and help me grow. That's where I think a lot of people fail. They're getting people in their life to try and fire them up or use them as motivation because they're better or they're smarter or they're farther along in their work. And they're using them as an inspiration and I'm trying to copy them or grow. I'm using the people in my life in my space because I want to get them... Like, I I want them to help me grow. And I mean that... Like I, What I mean, I, it's hard to say. <laughs> I want them... To push me to push myself. Uh huh. I started this thing a while back called mirror motivation that I never followed through with. I'm pretty bummed about. Um, but I think I talked about this in one of my podcasts. One of the things that we did when we started ripped in the city was we we put mirrors all around the room, huh. which you saw. Very intentional, because you have to watch yourself
1: hmm. the whole
0: time. I just don't think people are comfortable watching themselves hustle.
1: Oh, that's so interesting because I think for some people it's the exact opposite.
0: I think people need it. Yeah, I, I think, think it's important.
1: Sometimes you can get caught into looking at what it at, what it looks like as a um, indicator of how it's going. What do you mean? Like if you're in the like like people can like you can be in the mirror in class, and being like, okay, it looks it looks like this. So that means, that means A, B, and C.
2: Right.
1: Or it looks like I look like this kind of body. So that means A, B, and C. And I think the visuals, people are visual learners is the highest. You know, most people are visual learners. I I think I don't really know if that's true or not, but I think I've heard that. Um, But I think that can also take away from like what it feels, what it feels like. It can take you out of your current, your current moment of what what it feels like. So I think that, like, the mirror thing can be, it can be good, but, like, there's also a mirror that's, like, not, that's not a visual mirror. How does this feel different than when I did it two days ago?
0: Absolutely. I, I, thank you. I challenge, we got to go soon. Mm -hmm. I challenge people to, so what I love about the war room and instructing in that setting Mm
2: -hmm.
0: is that, I get you to a place where the dopamine kicks in, where endorphins are getting you all fired up and you're getting to a place where I've kind of physically beat you down and it comes to a place of emotion and mental and emotional strength. So when you're sprinting on a treadmill and you're really emptying your tank, you see a side of you that you don't get to see throughout your day. So, I think, I love, I, hear I love what you're saying. that you keep challenging my perspective. I fucking but love it. But I see
1: it. what you're saying. I see it's like
0: so saying. different. You're saying you could get caught up in the mirror and how you look and the things you're doing and the mechanics and maybe like this is right or wrong because uh-huh. I'm seeing it that way. I see it as you're looking into yourself a lot of ways. When you watch yourself, like some of us are so coddled. Life is so easy. You don't have to put in any heavy, crazy work anywhere. I talked about it, the, the, that fitness is the mediator of the world, exercise of me. When you're a human going back to the basics of human, and you're getting on a treadmill or you're, you're lifting weights, and you're breaking your body down, and you just get to a point of like watching yourself, have to get out of that spot, save yourself from that spot, find strength to get through it. You see something deep within you that you just don't see.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it takes people, days, weeks, months, years. To get to a place where they can get to that. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, it's like uh, when they talk about prana, right? It's like your prana energy, right? It's like
0: I know I have no idea what you're talking about. In, Go.
1: in yoga, they talk about prana, which is like okay. the life force energy. So when you're talking about like, I'm gonna get you to a place. I'm gonna break you down. I'm gonna like get you so your dopamine's high, so that you can see this version of yourself that you don't see all the time. Mm-hmm. It's for me like my brain translates that as like I'm gonna slow slow down some of you, not slow down. I'm going to strip away some of the things that you, your brain constantly thinks about to keep, to take you away from the experience of being alive so that you can turn up the volume on the actual feeling that you're a living human body doing stuff all the time. And everyone is a living human body doing stuff, no matter if you're coddled or not, or whatever anyone says you are, or he is, or I'm calling you this, or you're calling me that everybody is a human body. That's feeling stuff and turning that up. That is, that is a, uh, what did you call it? Equalizer? Yeah. Yeah. Mediator. That is an equalizer and a mediator because that's true. We all have that same, whatever you want to call it, the fire, the prana running through our bodies. That's what we're, that's what, that's what's keeping us here. That's what we're doing. So like getting in touch with that, that's powerful stuff.
0: It's huge. And I think everybody's pain receptors are different. So like, yeah, Mentally, emotionally, physically, the way you receive and feel comes down to perspective, I think. Mm-hmm. But somebody may hate, and I keep bringing it back to exercise, but you can do it anywhere. Somebody may hate getting on a treadmill. Right. So this, the guy to his left might love getting on a treadmill and hate having one-on-one conversation. Right. Because that hurts emotionally mm-hmm. or mentally. So everybody's pain receptors are different in a space like that. hmm I would challenge people all the time to get into a place where you're challenging your comfort and pain receptors. Find what triggers you that like, ooh, I'm not good at that or I'm really comfortable, like I'm uncomfortable with that. Like I'm very comfortable in the war room, which is why like I still take classes all the time because physically it beats the shit out of you and it's good for you. Mm -hmm. But I like to get to educational places. I like to get to places that have a lot of um psych- psychological discussions that have super mind people involved in the areas, I love that because I'm terrified of it. Mm. I was always the dumb kid in school. Mm. I was never the smart guy. I had to work really hard for grades that my friends didn't have to work really hard for. Yeah, I have grown to get into those like I desire those spaces because every time I leave the room, although I feel beaten down and stupid and dumb a little bit because I'm surrounding myself with really intelligent, awesome people. Mm-hmm. It tests me in a lot of ways.
1: That's why I wrote my book. I'm it's a horrible student, and was like, you know what?
2: Huh? Yeah.
1: And was like, I'm not afraid to fail at calculus in front of the entire world. Right. I'm gonna lean into it. I'm gonna try my best. I'm gonna be afraid, and I'm gonna write down in the book how it makes me feel while I relearn calculus. It's huge. And it's you know, that's okay. It's. it's it's okay if you're if, if you fail at stuff if because if you're if you're getting in there and feeling uncomfortable and challenging yourself like then you, then you're then you're learning and i think i think life is really a lot about is a lot about learning i, I really love
0: I, and it's why i again one of the reasons why i wanted to speak with you because i'm so much surrounded by fitness people uh-huh. exercise stuff and this stuff applies in every angle all over life, in every area, no matter what you're doing. I just believe that. Exactly what you said is just like, fuck up. Screw up. Yeah. Try. Do something that terrifies you. Yeah. Like, I, although, and it's a, it's a bad answer, or a bad example, I'm sorry. I stand with a mic all the time teaching classes. I've never done it as Nick Pags speaking doing my thing in front of students before the first time I did it right and I remember like shaking in my boots but the day that they called me and asked me to do it I was like yes before I could even think about it too much because a lot of time we get in our own heads jump on any opportunity like if you did something one day for the next week every single day you did one thing that like actually makes you feel actually makes you feel uncomfortable a lot of People lie about what makes them feel uncomfortable. They're right. like, "Oh, talking to someone like makes me feel uncomfortable. shut up!'" No, it doesn't. Like, telling someone something deep about you, or I don't know, like anything. Like, if you just if you suck at, um, I don't know, like anything. Go yeah. and do that thing you suck at or right. try and flop on your face and eat that failure and then make it your meal for the day.
1: Or in, on the flip side, don't do not do the thing that's making you feel comfortable all day, which would be my, if I was to give you a homework assignment, my homework assignment would be for Please you to no. not, yeah, to do, to do nothing. Shit! You're not sick. There's no reason. You just yo can't. that was
0: so mean. Cause now I gotta do it. You got you had to and, and
1: think about it. You gotta do do nothing, and don't don't record yourself doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Take give yourself a whole day to do nothing, just nothing. Right. Whatever that means to you, cause you're you might not even know what that is. You gonna be like, what am I gonna do? Meditate? What am I gonna do? Eat? What am I gonna do? This? Just just tell yourself I'd be like, I'm doing nothing today. And then that's the one right there. It would be so fascinating to hear what's that would make you uncomfortable, right? For you, Absolute that would be That would be a challenge. Like that's the inverse of that. That'd be doing something really brave for you to do nothing. I mean, did
0: you see my, like my persona shifted? You'll see yeah. it on camera if you watch back. Like the second she called me out, you call me out like, yo, dude, you're Mr. Hustle. Blah, blah, blah. I know we got to go. You're going to just do stop. Nothing. So there you go. Instead of trying to find the thing that you're uncomfortable with, which I think is hard for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people are like, yeah, I'm not good at that, but like, whatever. But I what just don't like it. what it's not about
1: successes and failures, and it's just about like, what's there for you, Nick Paggs, when you do nothing? What right. do you find?
0: Right. So find that thing that you're just, doing all the yeah. time and cut it off.
1: Just like Indiana Jones, that shit, and figure out what's in there.
0: And I think I do that a lot in my own, like when I get cranky and tired and like frustrated, she knows. And like, I I challenge myself to not do things that I usually would do when I'm cranky, tired and frustrated. Uh So if I hit that moment, I'm like, okay, let's not snap at people or get, again, Mm -hmm. kind of a dumb example, but let's not just immediately like snap and get pissed. Let's do the opposite. Let's take a deep breath and have patience in that moment where I'm not. Right And where I'm used to usually yeah. just snapping. Totally. So that's a beautiful thing to take away for the day. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Your mind is wonderful. Um, we got to go. So... You're okay. You have like
2: 10 minutes. Um, it's going to take 15 like, max to get
0: there. And then I got to pack up. So we got to go. Yeah. Here's what we'll leave with. It's kind of what I like to do. If somebody's listening to this and they've been listening and they followed through, thank you uh, to the end. Mr. I like to ask my guest to... Give someone something. Leave them with something that makes them want to say, like, let's go. Let's do. I think a lot of things you said throughout this whole time mm-hmm. um, will give them that. But something to get people going. I know motivation is fickle. It comes in and it goes. Willpower is fickle. It comes in and it goes. It's there for a second and gone. But something to get people to just take one step today in any direction, good, bad, indifferent, just to wake up and move because you're a mover and groover. Mm-hmm. Get someone to say, let's go you got something
1: you have the perfect amount of resources right now you have the perfect amount of energy the perfect amount of everything to do what you need to do today you have the perfect amount of energy you don't have you're not too tired or too anything you're not too anything you have you're exactly perfect the way you are right now to accomplish whatever it is that needs to get done so instead of just don't debate about that and just go experience your day let's go
0: I love that. You're questioning too much probably. You're, you're about to challenge her probably too much. Just listen to it. Just go. Just do it. You got, you got all the spit. You got everything you need. Just go do it. Like stop making excuses. I think a lot of times a lot of, a lot of what people say is I don't have the resources as a bullshit excuse to not get things done. I love that. You're awesome.
1: Thank you, Nick.
0: Thank you. You're the best. Thank you for being on of my course. show. Of course. Thanks for um, having me. Taylor Fry cha-cha our fave thank you so much and i can't wait to have you back on the show yeah man awesome thank you yo fam i want to acknowledge you today for taking leaps and bounds towards a more epic life your support and attention is so greatly appreciated and i never take it for granted thank you so much for listening i would love if you would continue to be a part of the nick Pags fit fam So make sure you hit that subscribe button and I'll see y'all on the next episode.